Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. How's it going today, family? Yeah, yeah. Family, when you are born again, you are welcomed into the family of God. So I want to give a shout out to all the saints, hey, all the friends, praise God, amen, glad that you're here today, decided to join us today, this is the day that the Lord has made and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it, amen, amen, well, let's see. Lots been going on today, but first thing we need to do is go ahead and pray. We're going to thank the Lord for all of his goodness, his loving kindness, and his mercy. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for another week, another day, another Father's Day, God. Another day that you decided to wake us up this morning, sound and in our right mind. Hallelujah, providing for us, God, with a mind to want to come and just be together, be together. God, we just ask that you speak to our hearts today. We come to you as humbly as we know how, God, and we just ask that you'll open up our ears, open up our hearts, thanking you for an opportunity. God, I ask that I decrease, that you may increase, increase in our hearts, God. Amen. Well, big shout out to all of the fathers again today, for real. Amen. You know, there must have been something that needed to be heard, because I'm telling you, that that word that was sent out yesterday it just pressed in my heart and I just knew I'm like God this must be you praise God amen hopefully everyone had uh you know is getting their dinner out of the way and is is looking to have a great evening too but uh we just want to definitely just come and spend some time together amen amen in Jesus we have hope and the word says Jesus Christ the hope of glory amen Jesus Christ the hope of glory without him there is no hope amen what are we hoping for hallelujah if there's no Jesus come on now all right Praise God. Thank God for for that music, the inspirational words, uh, positive words in God. Amen. And we're just going to do a little bit, a little bit of word here, a little bit of teaching, a little bit pressing into God. And uh, I do want to ask you a question. Amen. I want to ask you a question. Who's your daddy? Hmm. Yeah, who's your daddy? Now, the Bible is full of historical accounts of fathers and uh, people's relationships with their fathers. You know, we have 
Adam and Cain and Abel and Seth. Yeah, we have uh, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, uh, Jacob and his 12 sons and his daughter. Amen. I want to look at a scripture here. I want to look at Genesis chapter four. And we're going to look at verses one through eight. Now, get your Bible, huh? Get your Bible. Now, we talked about how you can get that Bible. So I'm not, you got um, great Bibles on, on your mobile apps. You got those. I like my paper Bible. I like paper. So I like my book. And I hope you've been reading it because that really is the life of who we are as believers. And then to get to know who is the life, he says he is the way, the truth, the light, the life, you know, God is just awesome. So we need to read the word in order to get to know him better. But go ahead and grab your Bible and let's turn to the book of Genesis. Now, Genesis is in the Old Testament and we have two Testaments. We have the Old Testament and the New Testament. But it's all good. You know, we got to eat the whole roll. We got to eat all of it, you know. And the book of Genesis is the first book of the Bible. You can't miss it. It's the first book. So go ahead and turn to the first book of the Bible. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 through 8. Now the man, Adam, knew Eve as his wife and she conceived and gave birth to Cain and she said I have obtained a man baby boy son with the help of the Lord and later she gave birth to his brother Abel now Abel kept the flocks of sheep and goats but Cain he cultivated the ground yeah he was a farmer And in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of fruit of the ground. But Abel brought an offering of the finest firstborn of his flock and the fat portions. And the Lord had respect or regard for Abel and for his offering. But for Cain and his offering... He had no respect. So Cain became extremely angry, indignant, and he looked annoyed and hostile. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry? And why do you look annoyed? If you do well, believing me and doing what is acceptable and pleasing to me, will you not be accepted? And if you do not well, but ignore my instruction, sin crouches at your door. Its desire is for you to overpower you, but you must master it. Cain talked with Abel, his brother, about what God had said. And when they were alone, working in the field, Cain attacked Abel, his brother, and killed him. Wow. Now, that's a pretty deep story. That's an account 
of Cain and Abel, they were brothers, right? And there was a time of worship when they brought an offering to God. And with that offering, uh, God was pleased with, with Abel's offering, but he wasn't pleased with Cain's offering. Now, for whatever reason, I'm not going into whether or not Cain uh, was obedient, if he was instructed and in knowing how to bring the right kind of offering. I don't think that's really the point. I believe the point here is that God just said that Cain, uh, that Abel's offering was better. Yeah. And because God is God, he's sovereign. He knows what he likes. Plus, he's orchestrated this thing. He is God, the creator, the awesomeness one, huh? So if he says, look, Abel's offering was better, then really the heart of Cain should have been, okay, God, hey, next time I, I know what you like, I'm going to bring it, right? Well, that's not quite what happened, was it? Cain was not trying to hear it. He wanted to bring God what he wanted, when he wanted, and how he wanted it. Huh? And that's not cool. That's not what we're to do as believers and those that love God. Sure, God has made a way for us. He's, he's awesome. And we love him because he first loved us. Huh? So in that. What I noticed about what God did with Cain, he didn't say, hey, Cain, ding, straighten up and fly right. He didn't just, you know, poof and, you know, here comes Cain. Okay, I'm going to bring the right kind of offering. No, we all have free will, don't we? We have a choice. We can either do right or guess what? We can do wrong. But in that, God is such a loving father that what he did, he saw where Cain's attitude was not right. He saw where Cain was going to fall or could make the decision to fall and make a grave mistake. And he counseled Cain. He told Cain, look, if you do good, you know, you'll be you'll be blessed, you know, but if you make the wrong decision and decide you're going to let your heart be all puffed up and, you know, you're going to be uh, Mr. Pouty and do what you want to do and and be jealous and frustrated. Well, that's sin. And if you fall to it, you know, then that's not good. Sin is crouching at the door, but you can master it. God told them. God never allows for us to be in a situation to where there's no way of escape, guys. God will strengthen us. Those words, the fact that God himself, his father, came and, and ministered, counseled Cain. That's pretty great. Right? Well, Cain made the wrong kind of decision. He did. And he committed murder. He killed his brother. Yeah. God has counseled mankind. He's, he's the counselor. He's counseled mankind as a loving father from the beginning. 
Amen. Now, what uh, Jesus, he came to reconcile God's lost children back to him. God came to reconcile the lost children back to him, to provide a way of escape to where we don't have to pay the price of, of sin because that's death, eternal separation from God, right? Now, because Jesus spoke with truth and deliverance from sin and because he is who he is, huh? he's, he's the big kahuna, he's it. He's the awesome wonder God. Jesus had many enemies. Yeah, he had enemies and yeah, he has enemies. Let's look at um, John chapter 8 and we're going to read verse uh, 31 through 34. Now, so Jesus was saying to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word continually, obeying my teachings and living in accordance with them, then you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth regarding salvation, and the truth will set you free from the penalty of sin. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants. And have never been enslaved to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be set free? Jesus answered, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, anyone who practice sin habitually is a slave of sin. Now, people argue that because they're descendants of Abraham, you know, the people argued, hey, we're, we're, Abraham's our, our great, 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 great dan granddaddy, right? Because we're the descendants of Abraham, uh, their, their Jewish patriarch, that they were okay. They thought that they were okay and didn't need to be set free from sin. And how many of us try to ride the coattails of um, Paul Paul or Big Mama or our moms and dads when it comes to anything in life, but even maybe in salvation, we think, hey, well, because we go to the family church down the way and our family's been going there and I go to church and all that, and maybe you do or, you know, maybe you don't. Maybe it was the one time you went down there. I don't know. But the fact that that they thought that because they were, descendants of the great Abraham, right, that they were okay. And Jesus called them out. Yeah, he reminded them that Abraham didn't act the way that they were acting habitually in sin, and that their hearts were filled with murder and sin because they even wanted to kill him. Yeah. They even wanted to kill him. He, Jesus had walked around only doing good and liberated the minds of the people. Of course, you know, I consider him the greatest revolutionary 
that ever will be. God himself. Huh? Change turned the world upside down and still is doing it. Still coming out victorious. But Jesus broke it down that they were not acting like their father, Abraham. It's like, okay, well, he's like, okay, well, if you're of your father, Abraham, then you would be doing what Abraham did. And Abraham didn't do all of what you're doing now. That's not it. So anyway, Jesus told him, he's like, look, you're acting like the devil. Yeah, let's look at that. Let's look at verse 44. So we're in St. John, that's in the New Testament, chapter 8, and let's look at verse 44. Now, this is Jesus talking. He said, you are of your father, the devil, and it is your will to practice the desires which are characteristic of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks what is natural to him, for he is a liar and the father of lies and half truths. Yeah. Now, you know, I'm reading in the Amplified. So it's like I get a little bit more insight of that. And in that even half truths are a lie. That's what Jesus said. So it's no such thing as telling a little white lie or whatever kind of lie. Whatever color, we're not going into that, especially in this social, social upheaval of what's going on. All lies are lies. And Jesus was saying, hey, if you're doing all that, guess what? Your daddy may be the devil. That's what he was saying. And of course, we don't want that, do we? Not for ourselves. So we want to do what Jesus said in the beginning. In Verse 31, he said, if you abide in my word, continually obeying my teachings and living in accordance with them, then you are truly my disciples. I mean, that's like somebody saying, look, you in a relationship of uh, any type of relationship. But, you know, if you say you love somebody, you certainly want to show them, don't you? You don't uh, say you love them and you're beating them up and mistreating them, cursing them out. None of that. You want to say don't don't want to say you love your daddy and you anything he asks you to do. You doing the opposite. You doing totally different. If he says yes, you say no. That's not loving, especially if he's a loving dad and God, he is the loving father. Hmm. He is it. And I thank him for it. Amen. All right. So. Jesus, God didn't want to leave man in his fallen state. God didn't want to leave man. He didn't want to leave Cain in a situation where, you know, he didn't have the power to to do anything or whatever. He made that choice. But, you know, the wages of sin is death. And God, he didn't create us to have us die and and fall short in life and and hurt people and make mistakes. Those bad decisions that over and over will have you in in uh, turmoil and 
spiritual poverty and and natural poverty. That's not what God wants. He doesn't want that. He didn't leave man in a fallen state. So what he did from King David, Jesus came down through 42 generations to save mankind. Now, we know Jesus Christ, the hope of glory, God manifested in the flesh, the lamb that was slain uh, for the sins of the world. Huh? Now, if you read through chapter one of Matthew, so we're going to go to Matthew, the New Testament, and that's the first book of the New Testament. If you read through Matthew chapter one, verses one through 17, now, it's going to give you a list of uh, the genealogy of Jesus on Joseph's side. Yeah, Joseph was the earthly stepdaddy that God gave Jesus. Uh, but God is so perfect in his planning that even Mary, the mother of Jesus, comes from the lineage of King David, right? So there would be no question of the fulfillment of God's prophecy. Amen. In the book of Isaiah. Yeah, because God, he already said that he was going to send a redeemer. Someone to save our sins. He, he already said he was going to come down huh, and do what he did. And he did that in the book of Isaiah. But let's read Matthew chapter 1. Let's start at verse 18 through 21. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. Now when his mother had been betrothed to Joseph, that means that she was betrothed, engaged, but really married. That's kind of how that culture goes. Before they came together, that's before, you know, they had relations, right? Before they came together, she was found to be with child by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her promised husband, being a just and righteous man and not wanting to expose her publicly to shame, planned to send her away and divorce her quietly. Yeah, because he thought that she was that she had done something wrong. But we know that that's not it. She didn't do anything wrong. It was God, the Holy Spirit that came over the woman to impregnate her. Right. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, descendant of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child who was has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you shall call his name Jesus. The Lord is salvation for he will save his people from their sins. Amen. Praise God. And because of what Jesus uh, did, God manifested in the flesh what he did on the cross he died for our sins and we, when we receive his salvation, we are adopted into the family of God. Now, it's not like being adopted where adoption is a, is a great thing. You become fully that part of that person's family and their lineage and downline. You, you're of their inheritance. 
Adoption is a great thing. It's not like a step where folks, okay, I was adopted or this is just a stepdaddy. I'm a stepdaughter steps, you know, and people treat people like they just throw them away. Like they really don't mean anything. That's not how this adoption is with God. No, our God loves us and we are truly in him. We are a part of his family. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, and that's still in the New Testament. And we're going to read verses uh, 14 through 16, but I want to look at 14 and 15 first. Okay. For all who are allowing themselves to be held, or excuse me, to be led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So if you're allowing yourself to be led by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, then you are the Son of God. That's how we know, right? For you have not received a spirit of slavery, leading again to the fear of God's judgment. Yeah, so it's not just a little temporary thing where, hey, you know, you're going to go back and somebody can give you away, give you back to the to the people that <laughs> that adopted the adoption agency or you know, even a divorce. Those are terrible, aren't they? Yeah, it's not like that. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. The spirit producing sonship by which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father. Yeah, Abba, Father. Now, the, the word Abba is Aramaic. Yeah, that's the language that Jesus spoke. And it means it's it means like it's an equivalent to to daddy. Yeah, Jesus, you know, when we get saved, it's like, Abba, Father, we're back. We're excited and we we have sonship with God once again. He's he's our daddy. Praise God when we get saved and and get in him. Praise God, Abba, Father. When we get saved, we're not stepchildren. We've just been bought back and set in right relationship with God. And looking at verse 16. Now, the spirit himself testifies and confirms together with our spirit. So we talk about the Holy Spirit and our spirit, assuring us that we believers are children of God. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ sharing his spiritual blessing and inheritance. If indeed we share in his suffering so that we may also share in his glory. Yeah, it costs. It costs something. And that suffering, hey, you know, there's things that we say no to. Yeah, sin is fun for a season, but that's not it. We, we say no to flesh and self. We say no to sin and hurting people and murder and lying. And there are many sins, y'all. And we'll look at that a little later. And then we say yes to God. 
Strengthen me, God. Strengthen me. Now, when we talk about God's attribute and attribute of God, God is loving. He is infinitely, unchangeably loving. He loves us. Amen. Now, this little uh, diagram here, you can do some studying on your own. Do some studying about the lineage. And you can look at all these different people, the lineage, the different fathers down through the ages that brought to make uh, the life of Joseph and were brought to make the life of Mary. Hmm. Many different people, and they were interesting people, flawed people, great people, good people, bad people. Those are repented. Those are weren't so cool. But the great thing is that God has made a way where we can call him daddy. <laughs> Amen. I'm just excited about it. All right. Well, praise God. Now, what do we know? What do we know? When we have said, Lord, please be my father, my Lord, my Savior. Yeah. When we say that, then we can, we can rest assured that he's going to be just that to us. Nothing short of it. Yeah, he's our dad. He's our daddy. Praise God. The word has gone forth. Yep, it's gone forth. And there should be a response. We have to look at who we are and where we are. Who's your daddy? I had to ask that question. If I'm acting like the devil, ooh, I need to fix that. I didn't want to act like the devil. I didn't want to be on the devil's side. No, no, no. Didn't want it. I wanted to be washed clean. I wanted to be forgiven. Amen. Jesus taught us how to pray. He taught us how to pray. And in Matthew chapter 6, Verse 9 through 13, that's the model that Jesus gave us in prayer. So remember that. Write that down. Learn that model of prayer. One thing about this model that I love is that Jesus starts out just saying the truth. Once we receive him, he says, our father. Yeah, that's how that prayer starts out. Our Father. And I don't know about you. I might not have been in the right situations to get to know my dad and, and all of the good parts. Huh? He was still my dad. But here I have brothers and sisters in Christ when I can say, Our Father. Our Father, Jesus taught us to say, Our Father. Amen. 
Think about where you are, your relationship with God. Think about all of your relationships, what it is you're, you're needing to work on. If you're a dad, if you're a son, a daughter, uh, a wife, a husband. But mainly the main relationship we first should work on is our relationship with the Father. The Father. Amen. And if you if you know that you don't have the relationship with him, the right relationship, then he is here to hear our prayer, to ask that he be our Lord and Savior, that he be our Father. We just need to open up our mouth and say it. Amen. Let's pray. Dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I acknowledge to you that I am a sinner. And I am sorry for my sins and the life that I have lived. I need your forgiveness. Please forgive me for my sins. I repent and turn away from sin. And I turn to you. I believe that you, Jesus, shed your precious blood on the cross at Calvary and died for my sins. And I am now willing to turn from my sin. I repent and turn away from sin and I turn to you. I believe that you, Jesus, shed your precious blood on the cross at Calvary and died for my sins. And I am now willing to turn from my sin. Right now, I ask you, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior and Lord over my life and my soul. With my heart, I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. This very moment I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, transform my life 
so that I may bring glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Well, we spent more time together, more time. And I hope that that prayer that you said, that prayer, it's out there on the website. It's out there on YouTube. Play the video again. Mm -hmm. Remind yourself of the commitment that you made to Jesus to turn away from that sin because that's the old man and to turn to him. Amen. Well, thanks for joining. Uh, we just want to, there's a lot going on in the world, right? The main thing is that I believe we're to get ourselves together personally to hear from the King of Kings and Lord of Lords the truth about what to do. He's got an answer. His word has the answer. And of course, Christ is the answer. And from there, he gives us wisdom. Amen. On what to do. So stay prayerful. Yeah, stay prayerful. Pray for yourselves. Pray for um, your families. Pray for everything that concerns you. Because God is mindful of everything that concerns us. We're to cast all of our cares upon him because he does care about us. He's our God. He's our Lord. And he's our Savior. Amen. Um, stay strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Hold on to your faith. Amen. And God bless you. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining the LFHHM broadcast together with him. Special thanks to the LFHHM volunteers, friends, and the consultants at Union Rock Hill Films. One God, One Church. Don't forget to check out the discipleship resources at www.lfhhm.org. There are also great volunteer opportunities. Click on the Contact Us tab and let us know you're interested. Be sure to subscribe, like and sign up to review media notifications on events and updates. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is indeed plentiful, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest.